Welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hey, Scott, how you doing? I'm good. How are you today, James? I am doing great. I like our question today. Yeah. Um, we get this all the time in, in both of our practices, so we know it's one we need to address today. Um, people always ask, should I invest in a Roth or should I invest in a regular mm. IRA? And mm-hmm. that usually includes 401ks as well. Exactly. 403bs, all the retirement accounts, basically. And so I've succinctly put it down to to Roth or not to Roth. Mm. So so in other words, to, to put money in a Roth IRA or any other, any other type of pre-tax account. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So speaking about qualified retirement accounts, so we're saving for retirement. So um, let's just start briefly with in case people have normally heard the name Roth before, but let's just remind them. Where does that come from? What it is. So it basically comes from, from legislation where most amazing names come mm-hmm. from. And um, Roth, I think, was the middle name of one of the senators who put the bill into place. Uh, but it was started in the late 90s was when Roths came about. And honestly, it's one of the best deals that exist in uh, in our land, especially for lower income savers. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, before what do we have before the Roth? So you mentioned it's a great deal. What, what, what existed prior to that? Yep. So most people are familiar with like traditional 401ks or IRAs. And those are the accounts where we would go save money for retirement. And the government made a deal with us. They said, if you go save this money for retirement, we won't make you pay taxes on it now. And you can grow it tax deferred, or Mm -hmm. you think of it as tax free until you take out your money. And then when you take out your money, you're going to pay taxes on the back end. Mm -hmm. So that's a normal 401k or a regular IRA, traditional IRA. And uh, with the Roth in the late 90s, they came out with a deal where they said, hey, if you're willing to go put money that you've already paid taxes on in an IRA or in a 401k, we're going to call it a Roth. You've already paid taxes on it. You can let it grow tax free. And in the future, when you take the money out, you pay no taxes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this Roth guy comes and kind of changes a little bit in terms of the options we have for saving for retirement. So if I am looking at a pre-tax IRA or an after-tax Roth IRA, what does it come down to? How do I make the decision between putting money in an IRA versus putting money in a Roth IRA? Yeah, it, it really comes down to your taxes hmm. again and again. And, and this, this is the thing that most people, it, it's tough to understand at first, right? Because most people think, well, well, how does that work? So let's just break it down really, really simply. Yeah. If your tax rate doesn't change, the answer of which is better, regular IRA or Roth IRA is there there isn't a better option. They're the same. Doesn't change meaning between today versus where you're going to be in retirement, right? Yeah, thanks for the clarification. So like, let's just pretend that there's a 10% tax bracket now and in the future, mm-hmm. and you have $1,000 to invest. So if you want to put it in a 
old 401k, the traditional style, you put $1,000 in today, and let's just pretend that it grows 10 times. That's really amazing stock returns, right? Mm -hmm. For a long period of time. So in the end, you have $10,000. When you take out that $10,000, you're going to pay a 10% tax when you take it out. So you're going to pay $1,000 on your $10,000 portfolio, and you're going to have $9,000 left. Right. Right? Pretty, Pretty straightforward. The Roth, if you have $1,000 today and you want to put that money in your Roth IRA, that's pre-tax your $1,000. You're going to have to pay taxes today. So you're going to pay $100 in taxes today, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Just 10% of $1,000. You have $900 to put in your Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. You can let it grow and get do 10 times better. And in the future, you'll have $9,000 when you retire. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if the tax rates don't change... There's no difference between choosing one over the other. Right. And and I think something important to note, Scott, I get this a lot. I'm not sure if you do too, but people sometimes have the impression that they actually have to, if they're going to have cash, it's already set aside and they want to put it in a Roth IRA. They sometimes have the impression that they're going to owe extra taxes for doing so. And the reality is you're not paying taxes to put money in a Roth IRA. You're just not necessarily getting a tax break for putting that money in. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Because you're right. Yes. So if you've already got the money set aside, you've already paid taxes on that, right? That money has already been, it's been processed through payroll at your company, or you've already paid estimated taxes. If you're a business owner, that money's already been taxed. So you're not getting double taxed by putting it in a Roth IRA. You're simply not getting the same tax break you would get if you put it in a pre-tax IRA or a 401k or any other type of pre-tax account. Yeah. While we're talking about Roths, let's talk about the one, uh, a benefit that happens for Roths that doesn't happen for traditional 401ks and for IRAs. Mm -hmm. And that's what's called a required minimum distribution. Do you want to explain that to people? Yeah. So the government, they're saying, look, we're going to give you the ability to put money into a pre-tax IRA, right? We want to encourage you to save for retirement and the government's going to allow you to put a certain amount into an IRA, a certain amount to a 401k, they kind of set contribution limits that says this is how much of a tax break we're going to give you to encourage you to put some money away into a retirement account. Now, just because you get a tax break up front doesn't necessarily mean that tax break lasts forever. That money goes in, you get a tax deduction, it grows tax deferred, to your point earlier, Scott, not tax free, it's just tax deferred meaning that when you are in retirement and living on that money, you are going to pay taxes on whatever you take out of your IRA. So some people say, great, I'm just not going to take the money out for a long time because as long as it's in there, I'm not paying any taxes on it. And that's fine until you hit age 70 and a half. And what happens at age 70 and a half is the government is going to require you to begin taking money out of that IRA or that 401k. It's called your required minimum distribution. Yep. And the required minimum distribution is really just, uh, they look at how much money do you have in that account at the end of a year, mm-hmm. and they give you a number. It's called a factors from a thing called a uniform life table that you probably never want to go look at. <laughs> but it tells you the number that you have to divide your account by to tell you how much money you have to take out and pay taxes on. So IRAs and uh, traditional IRAs and traditional 401ks, excellent job explaining it. We, we put money away tax deferred, but they make us take it out in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But with Roth IRAs, we don't have to do that. We already paid the taxes on the front end, so we don't. We're not forced to take a distribution on the back end. Right. The IRS isn't getting any tax money on distributions you take, so they're not as concerned about you pulling money out of there. It's uh, it's tax free regardless to them. And so, like so far, um, Roths sound really, really appealing. 
so and when we see like if tax rates don't change obviously like it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. so when would we decide to go and use a traditional ira over using a roth ira well the to your point scott we don't know if all else is equal if tax breaks remain equal between today and retirement it somewhat comes out in a wash the reality is we don't know where tax brackets are going to be nor do we even know what our own income is going to be when we're in retirement so what you begin to look look at is if you're in a tax bracket where you're paying a significant amount of taxes, I mean, you're making a couple few hundred thousand dollars a year, maybe a lot of money each year, well, you need as much of a tax break as you can possibly get. So what the IRA is going to do is you say, okay, even though I don't know what my tax break or tax bracket is going to be when I'm retired, I know for a fact that it's very high today. So I'm going to take the tax deduction I can get today by putting money into an IRA or by putting money into a 401k, knowing the income likely won't be as high in retirement, or at least maybe you'll be in a lower tax bracket. And we don't know where tax brackets will be in the future. We do know that to some extent they are low today relative to where they've been historically. I think you can look at a lot that says, you can look at facts on either side. But the reality is we don't know where they're going to be in the future. One thing you brought up, Scott, as we were talking about this is the fact that if, if you're living in California, which is where we're recording this podcast, you know that taxes here are very expensive. Yeah. So, you know, uh, for listeners, you know, do your state income taxes do apply to tax rates when you put money in for a Roth or you put take pull money out for an IRA on the back end? Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if you're in a low tax bracket, you might be in a 22% tax bracket now for the federal uh, return bracket, but in the state of California, you're probably paying 9.3% on the marginal rate really mm-hmm. easily. Mm-hmm. So you're really in like the 30, you know, 33% range, mm-hmm. 32, 33. Right. And so if you're looking at this saying, okay, my income is going to stay the same, but I'm moving to Texas, for example, when I retire, well, that state income tax is going away. So even if your income remains the same, your total tax bracket will go down simply because you're no longer in a high-tax state. Yeah. So the purpose of this is to say if you're in a high-income tax state today and you anticipate that you will retire to a lower or zero-income tax state in retirement, that's an, another time at which it might make more sense to do a traditional IRA today, take advantage of the taxes now, because when you take that money out in retirement, you're likely going to be paying a lower tax on that. You won't be in such a high-tax bracket. Yeah. So, you know, it, you obviously, we can't give advice to specific people over a podcast because, well, one, we're not allowed to do it. But two, we don't know your situation. But typically, I don't know about you, uh, James, but typically for me, when, when clients are, have lower income years, um, Roths are amazing. Mm-hmm. If they're in really high income earning brackets, um, it usually makes sense to defer. And it's in the middle where you have to c- come up with a, either a blend or choose to go one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And there it becomes more of a coin flip, in my opinion. Exactly. And I, and I think we'd be remiss not to say that typically when we're you know, meeting with someone that has a very high income, in many cases, they fully max out their 401k or they fully max out their tax deferred retirement options. And then they say, what's next? 
Right. right. And so then we'll do like there's various little nuances behind it, but there's something you can do, um, which is essentially a, a non-deductible IRA contribution that you convert to a Roth. Sometimes people call it a backdoor Roth, which the IRS is not a big fan of hearing that term. Mm-hmm. But uh, but there are ways to do that. So you can you can really take take advantage of both opportunities. Exactly. Exactly. So so I, I think I bring that up because, yes, if you are in a low income tax bracket, almost always it makes sense to do a Roth IRA contribution. That being said, though, there are certainly cases for even people in very high income tax brackets where once you've taken full advantage of your 401ks, your other options like that to, to save on taxes, and you still need to put more money away, we can. there are strategies to continue to utilize Roth IRAs, even if it doesn't give you a tax break today. And I think along these lines, Scott, we, we do need to mention, and we won't go into specific numbers, but there's different income thresholds right. that allow you to make or not make any of these contributions. Yeah, before you go do any of these, you know, you look at doing a Roth contribution for an IRA or a traditional IRA contribution. There are rules and limits based on whether you are can participate in an employer 401k plan, for instance, how much income you make, a number of those things. So either talk to an advisor or talk to like a, uh, a t- tax professional about that. They'll be able to help you with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the other thing that I think that's worth noting is that what everything that we've talked about so far is really about kind of optimizing strategies based off of tax bracket and understanding what the differences are between Roth and a regular IRA. But another component's a touch psychological. Mm-hmm. And that's just that most people, when they set a savings rate, will probably save about the same amount, whether they choose to do a Roth or a regular IRA. And in that case, they'll probably end up saving more by doing the Roth. Mm-hmm. Because they're they're saving after tax dollars right. and it's growing after tax and they never have to pay taxes on it again. It, it, so essentially what you're saying is people set their mind to save a certain amount. Yeah. And once they have that amount, well, the value of a – if you have an equivalent amount in an IRA versus the same amount in a Roth IRA, the Roth IRA is far more valuable simply because when you take that money out, you get to take – you get to keep 100% of it. You're not paying anything in taxes. Correct. So if you're going to set your mind to say, okay, this is the dollar amount I'm contributing, well, like you said, almost behaviorally, it makes more sense to put that in the Roth just to say you're going to you're going to figure out a way to do that and adjust, even though you're really living on less money at that point because you're not getting the tax break, but that money's better used in the Roth in the I, than in the IRA. And yeah, I'm kind I mean, of saying that a little bit a little bit confusing, but yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, like it's, I, I actually, I, I didn't, wasn't able to bring up the study before, but I know I've run across it. Uh, it was from Fidelity's four hundred one k, their qualified retirement program, and looking at percentages of savings, and it basically saw people were saving the same amounts. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. interesting point for people, right? Let's see here. One thing I often see, just kind of want to throw this out there. A lot of people when they ask me this question. One thing you need to look at is what does income look like today versus what do you anticipate it might look like in the future? Meaning a lot of people, if they're in high income earning years now, but they anticipate a job change or they anticipate taking a couple years off to go do something different, whatever it may be, there are certainly ways to take advantage of IRA contributions today to lower your tax bracket today when it's at, when it's at a higher point. And then in subsequent years, when you're in lower tax brackets, you can do things called Roth conversions. Yeah. So a good example of that would be if if you have a, maybe if you're a corporate client who has sabbaticals 
uh, built into your your time and your career. You know, you can be a high earner, and then for that year or that six months that you take off when your income decreases dramatically that year, it could make sense to do a Roth conversion, mm-hmm. and then take some of those funds and put them into the Roth. Right. Or when people will sometimes shift careers and you know go from being a working professional to a stay at home mom for a few years, mm-hmm. and income goes up and down. So I've, I'm I'm with you 100. percent Yeah. And I think we see this commonly with people who retire before the age of 70 and a half. Mm-hmm. Because if you retire before you're 70 and a half, you have this gap of years when income's normally lower than it's going to be once you turn 70 and you're forced to take mm-hmm. those IRAs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you see it a lot. And do you might maybe walk through what a Roth conversion means? I think people have probably heard that term before. What does that look like from a practical perspective? How does that work? Yeah, a Roth conversion, what it means is, uh, let's say you have $10,000 in an IRA account, right? So you can choose to take any portion of that $10,000 in the IRA account and convert it into a Roth. And when you do that, you're saying, I'm going to pay taxes on that amount this year. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. essentially what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So we don't like to do it in years when it's going to make us pay more in taxes. We want to do it in years when we are in a lower tax bracket. Right. And I think that's ultimately what this conversation comes down to. Because when you look at it, you can invest in the same exact things, whether it's an IRA or a Roth IRA. It doesn't impact what you can select as your investment options. What we're talking about here is how do you invest in that manner and save the most amount of taxes possible so that ultimately at the end of the day, you're keeping more of your income and paying a lot less in taxes. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's been a pretty good overview about to Roth or not to Roth. Um, I mean, basically, if, if you're for younger people, for lower income years, Roths make a lot of sense. In really, really high income years, traditional IRAs and I, 401ks make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. If you're in between, you have some work to do. <laughs> but ultimately, understand that if your tax rates don't change, it, it doesn't matter. Um, and what other, any other highlights you want to highlight? Yeah, the only thing I'll highlight is to say we, we mentioned this, but it is important to look at the income limitations. Okay, if you, if you are listening to this and thinking, oh my gosh, I got to go make an IRA contribution now. I want to save taxes. Well, you, you may not actually be eligible to based upon whether or not you have a 401k at work and certain other income limitations, et cetera. So check out what those income, income limitations are. They change based on if you're single or married or if you are covered by a retirement plan at work or not. But just be mindful of the fact that these strategies don't necessarily work for everyone depending upon what their income is. So that's something to be mindful about as you look into this. Sounds good. Awesome. Anything else, Scott? No, that's it. I hope you have a great day. You too. Thanks a lot. See ya. Hey guys, thanks for listening to episode number six of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. We hope you're enjoying the show. And for a list of the resources and notes from today's episode, please head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. That's realpersonalfinance.co and search for episode number four. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe. And if you have not already, please leave us a review and let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. And if you have a question that you'd like for us to answer, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website, and there'll be a section on the bottom of each page where you can submit your own question that Scott and I will address on a future episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you all next week. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.